Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode, and I mean that literally, another take of this episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Hordell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how have you been? Chris, I couldn't be any better if I tried. <laughs> I knew last week we talked on we talked on uh, you know on the show, mm-hmm. uh, but it came to me it came to me like a signal from the clouds. Um, as I mentioned uh, to to some colleagues of mine, I had been I had been up late. Uh, discussing it with the 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 too many Miller Lights faced God and, waxing poetic, and they told me, they said it was like a light shining through. This team in Philadelphia makes no sense, mm-hmm. so they're absolutely going to go to San Francisco and win outright, and that's and that's what they did. That's what they did, Chris, and they they brought home the bacon and and were in first place, and and I, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> They are, the Eagles are in first place. That is, a, that is a thing that we can say is an unequivocal truth. Do they deserve to be there? Of course not. But it's the world we live in. And 2020 is a, it's a year where you can't expect anything and you can't expect anything will make sense. So we've got a, a lot to talk about today. I've got the, the lines over at Bovada Sportsbook open in front of me. And uh, I think the thing I want to talk about, and I, uh, I've we're getting to the point where this is the, the end of what we have talked about previously, so we can start saying new things. I've got some skin in the game tonight. I've got the, the Lakers. I took the minus seven. Bavada now has the minus seven and a half against the Heat. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, there's been some decent line movement uh, in terms of the Lakers, but I think I think after the disrespect from Jimmy Butler at the mm-hmm. end of at the end of Game Three, uh, I think there's going to be a fire lit under the the proverbial ass of the Los Angeles Lakers here, and uh, I have a feeling that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are taking this game over early and often, and. Uh, even with Bam uh, being back, no Dragic, I guess, and it's to me, I don't know how the Lakers don't win, probably by double digits, but uh, I think it's a good, I think it's a safe bet to go with them. Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to win these next two games pretty handily to get themselves a, to get themselves a championship. Uh, it's just, I wonder what this team's going to look like next year because you know LeBron is going to turn 36 in a couple of months. He's going to play all of next season at 36 years old. Coming off of, you know, you can argue statistically one of his better seasons in the NBA. How much longer can this guy keep doing this? I mean, it seems like it's a question that comes up at the end of every season. Like, yep. uh, you know, how how much how much longer can he be the top, top, tippy-top elite player in the game? I think if they keep surrounding him with guys, it, you know, obviously AD plays a big role. But where they can take a little bit of the, the you know, he doesn't have to be the number one guy for all 82 and then every game in the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, he can kind of reserve that a little bit. Uh, I think that can, that can keep him in the, in, you know, the MVP conversation every year for at least another year or two. Eventually the body's just going to break down. I mean, we saw him miss time last year with injury for the first time in his career. And 
you know, Father Time, right? Isn't that the saying? Father Time always stays undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for right now, he, the guy keeps himself in phenomenal shape. He's you know he's always out there working out and being ready. And and I I could see I could see him getting another one or two more really really good years before the the twilight starts to set in. Oh boy, the uh, Seattle Storm have uh, swept the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA Finals, winning their fourth title in franchise history. Wow. Good f- good for the 702-year-old Sue Bird. I was going to say, that has to be the one Sue Bird goes out on, right? You got to go out on top if you're going to get a, a W like that. I agree. I mean, that, that <laughs> makes that makes sense to me. By the way, talking about LeBron, how about the wanton disrespect from Kyrie Irving uh, this week? When he said, like, looking over at, at Kevin Durant, he finally now has a guy he can trust to take the last shot when it matters. Well, the best is, is how he says it, and then he backtracks it later when, when the quote comes out. And he's like, well, I wasn't talking about, you know, I don't even know what his excuse was, but there was a spin zone that made it seem like he wasn't taking a shot at LeBron. It's like, buddy, you were taking a direct shot at LeBron. Like, there's oh, yeah. there's no question there. Uh, you can you can mask it as you were taking a shot at a uh, shot at Celtics guys from the last couple of years, but that's a shot across the bow of LeBron. And I know, I know, uh, they they had that whole weird like Kyrie called LeBron after uh, after a play, like games, the asking how to be a leader yeah. once he was on the Celtics and that stuff. But like, dude, you, this is this is so cut and dry about what you were talking about and who you were talking about specifically, mm-hmm. like. It's a bizarre quote to say about a guy who legitimately like carried carried the team to title contention year after year after year. Uh, it's it's bizarre. Well, more to the point, like that's a that's a bizarre argument to make about a guy who you can make an argument that he's the best basketball player to ever play basketball. Of course, and and Kevin Durant is arguably a top 10 all-time NBA player if he gets a couple more titles. I mean, like, yeah. he could certainly be in that conversation. LeBron's already there. So that's 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 the even more bizarre part of all of this. Like, right. it's, you know, I, I guess Kevin Durant's a more natural scorer or can, has better percentages from the outside than LeBron, like, jump shot-wise, but it's... To me, to me, it's it's a direct shot at LeBron, and there's no other way to take it. And by the way, good luck to Steve Nash, another <laughs> one of those uh, those Kyrie comments from this past week, saying that he feels like the Nets don't even have a coach. That sometimes he's going to be the coach, and sometimes Kevin can be the coach, Kevin Durant, and you know, other times it'll be Steve. Good luck, Steve. That that first clip of him yelling at somebody on the bench is going to be so awesome. Not Steve of Kyrie. Just yeah. screaming it at, at at Steve Nash on the bench is going to be like, it's. I don't know what the guy. I don't know what the guy does. Like what runs through his head where he like when you give a quote like that, people are going to run with it and it and like just put Nash directly in a hole right away. Like just put him yeah. immediately in a hole right away of like yeah we're definitely not going to respect this dude as a coach despite the fact that he's a two time MVP back to back MVP yeah like. One of the one of the best point guards in the history of the NBA, uh, but I'm gonna coach. I'm gonna coach instead of him some games. Like, what? yeah, I know more. Like, I'm I'm mad at Nash anyway. He says the world's round. We're not putting up with that stuff here in Brooklyn. It's just just it's, just dumb. Stop doing interviews, Kyrie. Please. Well, that's the problem is he's never gonna stop doing interviews. But look, we've got a, a lot of good basketball games to talk about this week. 
much, well, yes, that's true. But also I meant to say football games. And uh, we have a much better football game on Thursday night than we had last week in that that Broncos Jets travesty that was oh god that I, I okay I will say the fourth quarter was kind of interesting it wasn't good football but it was kind of interesting football because we saw the lead go back and forth a couple of times we saw uh, we saw what's his uh, Sammy Darnold try and win a game by himself but man just not a good game in general this Thursday night we get uh, we get the Super Bowl rematch. We get to watch Tom Brady going up against Nick Foles, Bucks, head Chicago. Bavada has the Bears plus five. It is amazing to me the difference between Nick Foles as a starter and mm. Nick Foles as a backup quarterback. Like, I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. The Bears offense looked terrible. Now let's let's be fair, the Colts defense is is very good. Like the Colts yes. are the Colts are a sneaky, very good team. Um, their offense their offense leaves a little bit to be desired, but but their defense is is top tier uh as far as the league goes. So it's I I just but that Bears offense is just so pitiful. I don't know what they're doing. I feel like they like they never put guys in the right situations. The only bright spot's been Allen Robinson, and mm. and he literally makes like anybody look good. Like he, he literally he can make any single NFL quarterback look good. And uh, outside of that, it is it is tough sledding if you're if you're a Chicago Bears offensive player. Well, and his his position and future with that Chicago Bears team is anything but certain as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the whole Instagram deletion, the 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 trade thing, and then they oh well, he had a conversation with the GM, so he's good now. Like they're yeah, good. No worries. But, yeah, that that always that always works out as a positive for uh, for for everyone when they have that conversation that eventually leads to them not getting a deal done in the off season and mm-hmm. him 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 uh, taking his taking his talents elsewhere. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson plays for somebody else next season. I uh, feel pretty strongly about that. As a matter of fact, here's a game that's interesting to me, really because of where the line is right now. The Carolina Panthers, who find themselves 2-2, two and two, head to Atlanta to take on the 0-4 Atlanta Falcons. By the way, the Atlanta Falcons, as we currently sit, would have the number one selection in the 2021 NFL Draft. Bavada has the Falcons as two-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I don't get it. Like no. the the Panthers have not been bad. Like the Panthers, even without McCaffrey, have been, uh, you know, pretty respectable. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's been fun to watch. He he just manages the game perfectly, and and then right. they their offense moves up and down the field. Even with Mike Davis uh, starting at running back, their defense has been pretty solid. I mean, they they legitimately shut down DeAndre Hopkins over the weekend. I feel like every time mm-hmm. that game came on red zone. I feel like every time that game came on red zone, the Panthers had the ball. Like the Kyler Murray just never had the ball. I don't know right. what happened. Um, it was it was pretty pretty nuts. Uh, so to have the Falcons favored here, especially with Julio Jones most likely out with the hamstring issue, I, I just don't see it. Their defense stinks. I'm still not sure how Dan Quinn still has a head coaching job. Crazy. Um, I, I have to, and it's probably the ultimate trap game. There's no way the Falcons can keep losing, uh, but I love the Panthers in this spot. Well, Bob's available. You interested in bringing him back to Happy Valley, replacing James Franklin? 
I mean, no. I I don't want him to accidentally. <laughs> I don't want him to try to trade Micah Parsons for like. Well, bad you know, news, Greg. I don't yeah. think you're getting a lot from Micah Parsons. At this <laughs> so, point. Trading him for somebody's tackling dummy. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. That's that guy, a, that's actually a pretty good trade. You're not getting Parsons. At least you'd have a tackling dummy. That is. Uh, yeah. All right. You, you you've convinced me. Bring Bill O'Brien back. It's I'm like fine a. With that. It would be what like it'd be the equivalent of like okay we're gonna trade Joe uh, Journey Brown for for this copier yeah <laughs> the Kyle the Kyle Corver trade yeah it's it's exactly what it is it's just it's it's that that the day the DeAndre Hopkins trade happened should have been the last day Bill O'Brien was allowed in the Texans facility like yeah it's crazy that they made him general manager after the 2019 season and now they're just like ah never mind we were very wrong <sighs> i'm so wrong like unbelievably wrong you you couldn't get more wrong <laughs> they have no picks they have nothing to protect arguably their franchise's best quarterback ever it's it is you feel for Deshaun Watson because there's just there's just nothing out there. There's just Will Fuller hoping to not pull a hamstring. Yeah, no, you nailed it. They have a giant payroll. They're 0-4, and they owe the Miami Dolphins their first and second round picks, which, by the way, is the number three pick in the draft right now. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the first three games, you played playoff teams, right? Mm-hmm. You played the Chiefs, you played the Ravens, uh, and you played the Steelers. This week against the Vikings, this had to be the game you won. You right. had to win this game. The Vikings are not very good. Um, they're like about as mediocre as you could possibly get. Like, yeah, sure, they have some weapons. Justin Jefferson starting to emerge a little bit as a, as a really nice piece for them. Um, but they just got absolutely cooked. I mean, like, well, yeah, look at that. They got absolutely Dalvin cooked uh, for the majority of the game, and it just. The Texans, you just you just feel for you feel for Deshaun because I feel like they're wasting some some prime years uh, of his career. Yeah, maybe they'll go receiver early in the third round to help him out. Possibly, I mean, Chris, when you have the opportunity to add a washed up running back from mm-hmm. uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, you go for it. Like oh, you yeah. just do. No, you give up whoever whoever they ask for. <laughs> Who do you want? Me to, you guys want Deshaun too? Ah, yeah, he drafted Kyler last year. Okay. Uh, never mind. Right. Well, just 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 DeAndre Hopkins. That's fine. Yeah, you, well, you want Deshaun could be your backup. Like, sure, you just, just take him. We we need we need to get David Johnson onto this roster. Do you guys still have Josh Rosen? Can you send him back? Do you have his rights still? How does that work? Uh, Three team deal. Josh Rosen in deal. Tampa Bay right now. Hey, listen, the, the guy is the guy's living the clipboard life. He'll get a shot somewhere at some point. It's just the way I, it's going to happen. I don't know about that. I think that shot may be the AAF. How do the New Jersey Devils have three top 20 picks? That's crazy. I Three picks before the Flyers even get one. I'm calling bullshit, Greg. I'm telling you, it's mainly because of the Eric Carlson trade. Okay, well, I'm not sure who Eric Carlson is, so moving <laughs> on. The this this one's kind of interesting too. It's a big line. I don't know if it should be this big. Cincinnati heads to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens are the better team, but Cincinnati's been okay so far. Bavada has the Ravens minus thirteen. Joe Burrow has been phenomenal. I mean, he is. You want if they can just get some protection for that guy, he's gonna he's gonna actually make Cincinnati potentially matter here Mm. in the next couple of years. Um. The the problem with the Ravens is, is they they appeared to take the foot off the gas and and pushed for a lot of team uh, a lot of 
betters last week who had him at minus 14. Mm-hmm. 13 and a half's a lot. It's a lot of points. I think they can cover it. I think their their offense is is you know, as long as they get the lead, they're good. And I think against this Bengals team, they can. Uh, the problem is if they bring in RG3, uh, if you're a Bengals better, get get excited because you're probably going to cover. Greg, you're wrong again. The Devils are making this pick because of the Taylor Hall and Blake oh, Spears trade. That's my apologies. I thought you said Senators. Yeah. That's, um, uh, you know, Devils, Senators, it sounds similar. They are both NHL hockey teams. Correct. So in, in that sense, I'm on board. Let's talk about another big line. The Las Vegas Raiders, home of the the one coach in the NHL, the NFL, more than any other who simply refuses to wear a mask for whatever reasons, John Gruden, going to Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs, maybe the league's most adherent coach in Andy Reid. Other, I guess Belichick was wearing two masks last night, so he takes that number one spot. But uh, Bavada has the Chiefs minus 13. When you're making $100 million as a head coach, uh, you, you don't have time to worry about masks. Hooters is paying you. I probably oh. did Corona ads. He's John Gruden. What are we doing here? He's fine, um, but let's not forget, he's been fined 100000 already. I expect later this week the NFL is going to live up to their threats, and there's going to be draft pick penalty. The oof. next thing that they have said is we're going to have you forfeit games if you won't keep your mask on. I mean, that is... Uh, people are not going to be happy, but no, but it, I like, I understand it too. I would rather lose one game than risk an infection that costs you multiple. Well, yeah, that's true. And especially after the week, the NFL had scrambling with, with, you know, uh, the Cam Newton news and rescheduling mm-hmm. that game, the cancellation of a game, the potential cancellation of another game. Saints uh, pulse positive. Yeah. yeah. Pulse positive. Yeah. Is I, word. Yes, pulse I was going gu- to let it go, but I, I'm glad you caught it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they uh, it, it's it that's it's tough, man. I don't understand. Like, dude, it's just the protocol for the league. Like, you see other teams getting absolutely ravaged by by positive tests. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Um, I also think that the Raiders are just like a weird, uninspiring team. Like, they yeah. should be better. Uh, they sh- they should they they have a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They just like even when they score a touchdown, they're just like not exciting. I don't know. I, I, Nelson Aguilar sighting though uh, in oh, the game boy. in the game over the weekend. Um, I the, the Chiefs I think kind of had a weird week with all the rescheduling and who they were playing. So I think I think they were kind of off on Monday night. I expect a pretty good rebound from uh, from Mahomes and Andy Reid, and and I think I think this one's a blowout in favor of Kansas City. This one's going to be interesting. The Philadelphia Eagles, first place Philadelphia Eagles, 1-2-1, and one, head to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers after their coronavirus bye. And Bovada has the Steelers minus seven at home. <sighs> uh, it's, yes, exasperation it's, is, the, is the right feeling here. I'm, I, I couldn't... I, I, there's something about about this team that makes no sense. Yeah. The Steelers coming off a of bye. This feels like a game where the Steelers win by like 17 points. Like mm-hmm. just the 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 with the the talent at receiver, you're playing a, a Hall of Fame quarterback and not, you know, Nick Mullins. Um, right. Thank God they didn't go to C.J. Beathard earlier. I no shit. That would have been who knows who knows where we would have been confidence wise. 
uh, after if their CJ Beathard came in in relief and just tears up and, and gets San Fran a win. Um, I, I I don't have a lot of faith in the Eagles, despite what I no, saw. Sir. Even though I saw flashes of the the guy who was almost an MVP, the guy who mm-hmm. led a team to That's true. The, the best record in the NFC, despite having, again, no talent outside of Zach Ertz on the offensive side of the Travis Fulgham. Yeah, yeah, Travis Fulgham. The guy, th- the craziest stat of the, of the entire weekend, he had 55 yards uh, I know in his first game. That's... More yards than JJAW has in seven games. Mm-hmm. Seven games. He has 39 yards in seven games. What? Yeah, what are we it's, doing? It's tough. You can't and really it, justify the receiver draft picks. Like it, it, it's it's way too early to say Rager wasn't a good pick, especially since he's flashed yeah, when he's played. But you know, it, it's tough watching. It's tough watching Justin Jefferson put up huge numbers and. It's tough watching Brandon Ayuk make plays against you, but looking back, like just DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin are make, they're superstars in the NFL at this point, and JJ Arthago Whiteside can't catch a single ball. I'm not ready to write off Jalen Rager yet. That is no. not that is not where where my head is. My head is focused on that JJ AW pick because mm. it is so glaringly bad, so glaringly bad that it's unimaginable. Like, practice squad guys are better than him. And you Mm -hmm. picked him in the second round over guys who are making insane plays every single week in the NFL. I don't get it. I I can't can't understand how you miss that bad in a position you need so desperately. Well, historically, Philadelphia has done very poorly in drafts. At acquiring talent in drafts where you would identify one position is loaded. They've never been able to come out of those drafts with one of those talented players from the loaded position. No, they always miss. They it's always it's the Danelle Pumphrey rule. Yeah, it's uh, the only time I can think of them actually really hitting on it would be the McNabb draft. Yeah, there was a ton of QBs at the top of the list there. You also like like you know Tim Couch, Achilles, Achilles Smith. Smith, Cade McNown. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, there was a, a lot of chatter about a lot of quarterbacks, and McNabb was the one that you hit on. Outside of that, nobody else. Nobody no. else. I can't even think of one. Ugh, it's so disheartening. It's so it's disheartening. The, the Donnell Pumphrey is a great example. I love. I like to name that the Donnell Pumphrey Award yeah. for Eagles draft picks that gets picked in the loaded, the loaded draft class, uh, the loaded position of the draft class, and just absolutely amounts to nothing. Well, the one positive you had in Philadelphia, the one giant positive is that that giant human being who was playing left tackle, Jordan Maialata, did really well in his debut. If if Maialata and Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig are, are NFL players like it seems like they are, then, you know, that's that's a nice start to whatever the next thing is. But uh, it's not the next couple of weeks are not going to be good weeks for the Philadelphia Eagles. And unfortunately for us. The first place position is probably going to be short-lived as the Giants go to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Bavada has the Cowboys minus 10. The Giants cover the 10 just because I don't think the Cowboys can stop anyone. Like, I just don't – like, I understand that Cleveland has a a, a pretty loaded offense. And, you know, when you go from uh, Nick Chubb to Kareem Hunt – uh, it's not really a drop off. <laughs> so that's, Johnson. That's also true. Can't forget about the Ernest. Um, but but 
the Cowboys defense is is absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Like they have no ability to stop literally anyone. Like it doesn't make any sense. They're they're giving up trick plays. The end around to Odell Beckham Jr. Oh my God. The, the last touchdown. He he was dead to rights 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like yeah, I it was know a 12 yard fast. loss. It should have been. I, I know he's fast. I know he's talented, but dear lord, guys, make a tackle. Yeah. Um I, so I think that I think that like the Giants can stay in this game um regardless of not having Saquon, etc. and 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 you know them also hurting in, in some of the other skill positions. I think Devontae Freeman is getting a little bit more familiar with the offense. He's obviously not going to be a superstar for them like he, he had with his years with Atlanta, but I think he's a very serviceable guy who you can mix into that backfield with Gallman and Deion Lewis. Um, Ingram started to get a little bit more involved in the offense. I think I think there were some growing pains early on with Joe Judge. I, I still don't fully trust um, – uh, Daniel Jones, but I think I think this is a game they can stay close. It's weird. It's also Giants Cowboys. They always seem to to keep it tight. Yeah, yeah. You can only imagine the roller coaster ride that that Browns Cowboys game was Ugh. in my household. That was an interesting experience. Getting to the you know where it seemed like okay, it's going to happen again. The, the Browns were up twenty seven in the fourth quarter. They're going to somehow lose. I was convinced uh, they were going to lose. But thank God that didn't happen. Greg, I looked at this earlier. Do you know how many yards Dak Prescott is on pace to throw for this season? Isn't it somewhere in like the neighborhood of like 5,800, 6,000? Greg, it is 6,700 yards. Oh, my word. Dak, Dak is one good game away from, well, one uh, you know, great game away from being on pace to throw for 7K this year. <sighs> I mean, he has the talent around him to do it, and they can... They and the defense to, that keeps the offense on the field. Yeah, they always have to throw because they have no defense. Guys just score willy-nilly on them. So yeah. I could see it I could see it happening, Dak being the fantasy MVP and apparently league MVP despite his team going a solid 9-7 and seven and winning a terrible NFC East. Uh, yeah. just, just crazy numbers every week for him. Yeah, how about that? Dak... Dak throws for 6,000 yards, wins MVP, and the Cowboys move on from him this offseason. I, I don't really know what Jerry Jones is looking at. No. Da- Dak made some throws and has made some throws. and Maybe the throw I'm thinking of was was from last week and not from this this game. He hit Amari Cooper in between two defenders, it was the tightest window I think I've ever seen a ball oh, get Oh, that was through. this week. It was this week. Okay. It it was the tightest window between two defenders I've ever seen. Yeah. And the, one, he, the one thing I will say is he should have thrown like four other interceptions against the Browns. Sure. You probably watched that game closer closer than I did. And I probably, you definitely did. Cause I did. Because it wasn't, it wasn't on my, it wasn't on my uh, screen to watch the full game. But it's, it is baffling to me what what they're doing when not trying to lock him up. And and I understand you give out a lot of other money. You have serious defensive needs, but you have a franchise quarterback. I don't really even like, I hate saying that. Like I hate saying that because I hate the Cowboys, but Mm -hmm. they have a franchise quarterback and they are going to blow this and end up with Andy Dalton, I guess, or draft (laughs) somebody. Like, I don't know what the plan is moving forward. 
Well, the good news for the Cowboys is that Trey Lance made the absolutely terrible decision to play one game for North Dakota State this season, played against Central Arkansas this past weekend, did not play well. Uh, Justin Fields is without a question the number two quarterback in the draft right now, so Lance could fall a little bit. If the Cowboys don't turn things around, he could be an option for them in the first round. And not something I'd be rooting for as an Eagles fan, because I I do think uh, very highly of Trey Lance, but... Yeah, his decision to have that one showcase game, a decision that never made sense, really seems to have backfired on him. Yeah, and I remember us talking about that when that idea was floated out there. It's it's, an, it's a complete no-win situation. I don't care how good North Dakota State is. Uh, you know, it, it's you're trying to get up for one game that really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Central Arkansas is there just to kind of be there and get beat up on. Uh, but that's, Central that, Arkansas is actually good. Central yeah, I know. Arkansas well, that, was winning that game almost all the way through. That's the crazy part. Like that you you bring them in thinking that they're going to get beat up. Like you're just going to beat up on them, and that's that just wasn't the case in this situation. And uh, you kind of feel you kind of feel bad that that's the the way that they went with this decision. But um, I think I think once you get to the combine and once you get to pro days and things like that, it, it may emerge a little bit differently. And the thing that sucks the most, Lance had the incredible stat where he did not throw an interception in 2019, plays one game, throws an interception, that's all out the window now. Yeah, not great. Like, uh, I will I will never never understand that, especially when you're so far behind with what you're actually allowed to do, because if you're not playing, your team can't practice. So I believe this is the first week leading up to this game that they had a full week of practice. Central Arkansas has been together as a team for a month. Just all the cards were stacked yeah, against them. Didn't make sense. They've been playing. I know. I've seen their games. <laughs> um, who can forget the Austin P game? Exactly. The first game, the game that brought college football back to in, back into the world. Yep. Yep. Actually, was it the first football game in general? Because I, I think, don't think it the was. NFL start yet? Started. Yeah. Yet. I think it was the first football game uh, in the COVID era. Oh, good times. Well, and and nobody tested positive in that game. Sorry, pumps. Hate to break it to you. Uh, well, uh, well, we'll see how that goes moving forward. But uh, the last game I want to hit on before we get out of here, Monday night, the, the Los Angeles Chargers head to New Orleans to take on New Orleans Saints. Michael Thomas didn't practice, but it looks like he's probably going to play this week. Bavada has the Saints minus seven and a half. I feel like this is too high. I feel like this is where the the Bucks started last week against the Chargers, and then it dropped a little bit. I think it ended at seven, mm-hmm. um, and it ended up being a push. But uh, you can't you can't be mad at what you're seeing from Justin Herbert. If you're a Chargers no, fan, you're great. excited. Yeah, like this this guy he can he can make the throws. He manages the game well. He doesn't get he doesn't seem to be um, you know uh, frustrated or 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 like. Uh, folding under the pressure no. of the situation. Um, it does hurt with them losing Eckler, but they're also getting Justin Jackson back, uh, back into the full swing of things. He was, he was their third back last year. Very good option out of the backfield uh, to go along with uh, Jordan Kelly or is it Justin Kelly? Kelly. Uh, Jordan Kelly is right from UCLA. Jordan Kelly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they have they have talent, man. I think I think they're they're one really bad turnover right before halftime away from potentially winning that game. Um, that fumble on the handoff exchange was uh, mm-hmm. was a rough one to watch right on their like like what five yard line. Um, but overall, man, I think I think the Chargers are good. The Saints, the Saints are going to saint, man. I mean, like the the easiest. 
the easiest thing of the day was when the Saints went down 14 nothing, like four minutes into that Lions game, and it was like, let's find out what the live line is because that's what you want to do mm. uh, in that situation. And then they scored 28 unanswered uh, like almost immediately. Um, right. They're fine. The Drew Brees, still, still some struggles with airing the ball out. Uh, the Lions made that look a little less concerning, um, to say the least. Uh, but I think... I think the Chargers have a shot to keep this one to keep this one pretty close, and it should be a fun matchup. But Justin Herbert's just going to keep going on the uh, the the playing Hall of Fame quarterback uh, against Hall of Fame quarterback uh, tour, you know, going yeah, from is, Brady to Breeze. Yeah, this is pretty nuts. If you know, first of all, what was Oregon doing to hold this guy back last year? If he if he's this good a player, three games, seventy two percent completion percentage so far. 931 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions, a rushing touchdown. Like, Justin Herbert seems to be the only guy who can challenge. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is playing great, but he's not putting up, like, this super video game numbers. Herbert might be the only guy who can challenge Joe Burrow for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. There's zero doubt about that. Like, I can't believe how well he's playing. I was not a Herbert fan. I I did not see him play like this at Oregon. No, he definitely didn't. It was not they and maybe it's the style of offense that they ran, like maybe, maybe that was what it was, but overall it uh it, it like you didn't see this from him in, in any way. Yeah, you don't see guys go from the Pac-12 to the NFL and get significantly better in the NFL. No, not even a tiny bit. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to be it for this episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horbordell. We thank you for listening. Enjoy football this weekend. We'll enjoy the Los Angeles Lakers championship, and we'll see you back here next time.